mean, that ball got out of here in a hurry. Just a bit outside. If anything travels that far, I'd have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? Giolito, the pitch. Swing and a miss on a changeup on the outside corner, and he gets Martin. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Cubs. Sox win. Sox win. All your Chicago baseball news. Giolito, his second complete game in a row. And he shuts them out. Dynamite drop in money. Here's your host. Get ready. Kevin Powell. Play ball. All right, episode number 28 of the Powell at the Park podcast. The fresh open there. My man, Ernie Scadden, production guy at WGN, cranking out a fresh Opener for this week's podcast. You heard a lot of Giolito mixed in there, and that's because Lucas is on this week's episode. Always great to talk with Giolito. He's been outstanding this season. He took home the AL Pitcher of the Month Award for May. So we'll talk to Lucas, and then we'll also recap the Craig Kimbrell press conference that happened at Wrigley after the closer. Signed a three-year contract with the Cubs. Big news for the Cubs, getting exactly what they needed. Let's start with the Giolito interview. Lucas Giolito now joins the Powell at the Park podcast. Appreciate him jumping on. Sox in Kansas City this weekend. Lucas, thanks for taking some time, man. Absolutely, no problem. All right. You're the American League Pitcher of the Month for May. How does that sound? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I had a, had a solid month. So, um, yeah, just going to keep building off of that. After your most recent start, you told us that this season has been sort of a relief after last year. Elaborate on that a little bit. Was that because there was some some mental doubt creeping in? Um, I mean, just ending the year is probably the worst pitcher in the MLB. Didn't leave a good taste in my mouth. So, um, you know, finally kind of getting that off my back, uh, figuring some things out and pitching much more confidently. It's I guess like a relief is a good way to put it. Um, but for me, I'm never satisfied. I, I want to continue to get better. I think I'm better than what I am right now, uh, or I can be better than what I am right now. So I just want to keep working. Yeah, I don't know if it was you or Michael Kopak or somebody in the organization had talked about um, how nobody necessarily wants to be the ace on the staff. You know, when you guys continue to build on this this foundation that you have, you guys want to have a staff of aces. But do you look at yourself right now like you are pitching like an ace, like one of the best pitchers in all of baseball? Well, yeah, that, that's that's always the goal. I want to be one of the best pitchers in baseball, if not the best. So um, for me, I, I want to be an ace. Um, at the same time, like you just said, I think that with the talent that we have, we have the chance to have a staff full of aces. So um, for me, it, it's, you know, I'm always going to work on my individual game. I, I want to get better and better. But at the same time, I want to see I want to see all these other guys continue to, to develop and and reach reach their potential as well. And um yeah, I'm just looking forward to to having just a good dominant group of starting pitchers so we can uh, continue to win a lot more. What do you credit most to the success you've had this season? The the uptick in velocity, is it um your mechanics, is it your 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 mental confidence? What what do you kind of look at and say that that's what's changed, that's what's made this season so special so far? Well, I think a few things have changed, but I think they all stem from having more confidence in myself when I pitch. Um you know, last year there are a lot of games where I would I would lose confidence in the, in the middle of an inning because I wasn't able to make the adjustment I wanted to make, or I was thinking about mechanics instead of thinking about competing, or whatever it m- might be. 
at that time. Now I don't I don't have those thoughts anymore when I'm pitching. It's all about executing the next pitch and, and getting the batter out. And it just makes it much more simple and, and easier to go through a game. How where did that confidence come from? How were you able to build on that? Um, I think it just started started with kind of having a fresh outlook going into off season. Um, you know, really being determined in finding success. Like I, I know I, I knew all along that I I would be fine. I'd be okay. I would you know I'd have a good career. I was just frustrated because it was taking me so long to make the adjustments I needed to make and to and to find that in game confidence. Um, kind of like what you have in high school or in, or in the low minors where you feel like you're unbeatable. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to find at the big league level. And I just, I wasn't going out there with that mindset. So I think just, it started in the off season, um, getting some things right on the physical side and then uh, doing a lot of stuff uh, for my brain mentally, um, you know, breathing, uh, meditation, uh, neurofeedback, all those things, just trying to use as many tools as possible to get everything right for the season. Yeah, I remember talking to you in spring about that. Are, are those some of the tools you're still using in season right now? The, the meditation yeah, and the things it, you mentioned? Yeah, so the neurofeedback sessions, I, I marathoned all those right before spring training, and those are uh, a type of thing where you can do those you can go through those one time, and it's it's going to basically. I, I don't know all the science behind it. For me, I just I went I got into it because my buddy got into it and it worked out really well for him. And I was like, hey, why not? That's not going to hurt. So I, you know, I can't, I don't want to like sit here and talk about it into de- in detail when I'm not really confident in my knowledge of it all. Um, but. It, it was great for me. I mean, it's just a, a time to kind of relax and visualize. And for me, I was just doing these sessions, visualizing myself having success on a daily basis. And I think that that's a huge thing for anybody. It's not just baseball, but if you want to be successful in something, then you have to see yourself doing it. And um, that starts before even doing it in real life, just sitting there and thinking about yourself doing it. So, yeah, I think that was kind of one of the main things. Um, And then all the physical stuff, uh, you know, plyo care balls, velocity belt, all my, all my drills and tools, kind of just a combination of everything. And yeah, I'm I'm keeping up with it uh, throughout the season as well. I feel like I should give narrow feedback a try. Everybody speaks so highly of it. I think I, I, I think everyone should. I, I, it's a it's an it's a great tool. I mean, if you're if you're into the brain, if you're into kind of like unlocking things mm-hmm. and finding finding a way to to get past something that that might be you know troubling you in any way, uh, I, I think it's a great tool. Uh, velocity is king in baseball right now. It seems to be the the only thing everybody's talking about, whether it's pitchers throwing hard or exit velocity off the bat. You're throwing harder this year. Is it is a mechanical thing? Is it just simply throwing harder? What do you what do you point to when it comes to the uptick in velocity? 
I think it. I think it's just kind of everything getting back in sync. Uh, it, the velocity has always been there. Um, I think at times I got myself into trouble over the past couple years because I was trying too hard to throw hard instead of just instead of just trusting my body and letting it happen. You know, when I was uh, when I was seventeen, I was so ninety five plus, and you know that's part of the reason why I was like you know, a, a, a top amateur prospect and all that kind of stuff was because I threw so hard. And so it's not like that went, it's not like that just goes away. It's not like that, that, uh, sorry, the best way to explain it is like when I'm 17 years old, I, my, I don't, I'm not like muscularly developed. I'm a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing, I, I was throwing up to a hundred miles an hour. So now when I'm 24, and my body is much more developed. Uh, you know, I'm stronger. Um, I have more body awareness. It, it's in there. It's not like it's not like I, I throw. I was throwing harder uh, at a younger age, and it went away when I was 24, which is more approaching the prime of my career. So I knew it was in there. It's just a matter of of putting things together to, to get it to come back out. <laughs> it's working, man. You've been fun to watch. Uh, you mentioned your, your high school days and, and, and when you were younger, you uh, were in Washington, the team that drafted you in, uh, was it 2012 here? Um, what was it like being back in Washington and playing against them? I know you didn't get the chance to pitch against them, but what was that like? It was cool. You know, I got to see, got to see, uh, a bunch of a bunch of old friends and 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 coaches and things like that um you know it it is it was a bit bittersweet uh we ended up losing that we lost both games that series i didn't get to pitch um i would really like to pitch against them but um yeah overall i had a great time you know got out there one morning with ta saw some uh saw some of the memorials um yeah, just I really like the city, so it was a, it was a good short fun trip. All right, speaking of TA, between Tim and you, it's just been night and day. You guys have been one of the more you guys have been one of the more talked about teams, considering what's you know you guys are in Kansas City. Obviously, things have gotten a little chippy between you guys and the Royals. And Tim obviously was at the center of a lot of it. Do you expect any fireworks this weekend? I guess I mean, or do you feel like a lot of that's just kind of in the past? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it, anything could happen, but. Um, I think it just depends. It, it just depends on, on how the games go. Uh, I I can't I can't predict anything. Yeah, we'll we'll be watching closely. Uh, last thing, Lucas, in your most recent start, which was another great one. Ricky Renteria walked to the mound clapping. He seemed to really embrace you on the mound. He looked to be obviously looked like a proud father greeting you on the mound, Lucas. What's 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 it been like uh, playing for Ricky and the relationship you've built with him? It's it's been. Um, he he's had belief in me ever since I stepped foot in the locker room spring training like three years ago. Uh, we've had conversations after tough ones uh, where he has where he's told me that that told me not to lose confidence in myself because he has confidence in me. Coop has confidence in me. The organization has confidence in me. That really, really meant a lot to me. Um, as I was going through uh, those harder times over the past couple of years. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love playing for him. Um, he's really easy to play for. He wants to see us all be successful. He, he loves all of us, uh, not just as his players, but like sons. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's been great. Lucas, thank you for the time, man. Good luck in Kansas City, and uh, keep up the great success. You've been fun to watch this year. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, thank you to Lucas Giolito for joining the podcast. Always interesting stuff from Giolito, a very uh, well-thought-out guy. So thanks to Lucas for coming on the pod. Okay, we go from the White Sox to the Cubs. The big news, of course, this week, Craig Kimbrell, the seven-time All-Star closer, agreeing on a three-year contract with the Cubs that runs through the uh, 2021 season. Also includes a vesting club option for the 2022 campaign. 333 saves in his career. As I mentioned, seven All-Star appearances in his nine-year career between the Braves, Padres, and Red Sox, and of course, a World Series winner. Um, look, this is exactly what Cub fans have wanted, so if he doesn't perform well, you can't point fingers at Theo or the front office, because I haven't talked to a single Cub fan all season who didn't bring up Craig Kimbrell at some point. This is the guy that everybody wanted, and it is a wonderful time to be a Cub fan, because Theo Epstein continues to add pieces to this Cubs puzzle. Over and over and over again, he finds a way to bring guys to the north side. It's here from Kimbrell at Wrigley during his introductory presser. My expectations are to show up and do my job the best I can do it, um, and like like I expect myself to do it, and and help this team uh, make it to the playoffs, make it through the playoffs, and win the World Series, and not not just this year, but years moving forward as well. Kimbrell also commenting on what it's going to be like pitching at Wrigley Field. I mean, I haven't been here in, in quite a few years. So I think the last time I was here, I was in San Diego. Um, the stadium was still under construction. So I'm, I'm going to be walking out into a brand new, brand new ballpark that I've never been in. Um, I'm very excited about that. And here's Theo on the deal. How often can you add... You know, a, a closer, an elite closer like Craig, someone who's arguably on a, on a Hall of Fame trajectory, um, with the need that we have midseason. You know, without get, giving up any prospects, that's um, just such a such a great opportunity for the Cubs. Also brought up in the press conference, Ben Zobrist, who's been out, he's been on leave as he settles or handles the situation, personal matter with his wife. Uh, after filing for divorce, here's Theo. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. The fact that, that Craig is here in his addition, that doesn't in any way impact Ben Zobra's situation. You know, we're, we're here for Ben. He's part of the Cubs family. Um, and, and he knows that, you know, the door uh, is open for him if it's ever um, uh, an appropriate time for him to return. All right, so there's Theo and some nuggets from the Wrigley press conference on Friday afternoon. Look. As I mentioned, this is exactly what the Cubs needed. This is exactly what Cubs fans wanted. This changes the layout of the bullpen for Joe Madden, Pedro Strope, Steve Ciszek. Those guys are probably going to have better opportunity you know, pitching in the 8th or the 7th, and Kimbrell's your shutdown guy in the ninth. That's a pretty good-looking bullpen right now, and I wouldn't be surprised at all because the Cubs have said that you know they're always going to look for more options, and we've seen it now for years. The Cubs always seem to find um, little wrinkles they can add to the team throughout the season and, of course, at the trade deadline. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Cubs make a trade at some point to acquire some more arms for the bullpen because you look at the roster now, and it's definitely one of the best in baseball. They play in one of the toughest divisions, but this is a message sent to the rest of the division. And credit to the players. I mean, I remember talking to the Cubs after, what, when did he sign? Wednesday earlier in the week and after the game. This was David Bode. He drove in seven runs. First Cubs player to do that since Ryan Sandberg in 1984. And really, with all due respect to David Bode, much of the conversation was about the Craig Kimbrell signing. And there was a ton of excitement in the Cubs clubhouse. They're obviously all thrilled about it. So uh, this was uh, caught the attention of, of all the Cubs, Cubs players and obviously the fans and the organization as well. But um, 
I mean, if there is an area to add, I guess it would be continuing to add to the to the bullpen. The starters have been good this year. The offense has been pretty good this year. You had Carlos Gonzalez, which I liked. Obviously, that's a, a, one of your classic low-risk, high-reward situations. So the Cubs are, are, are putting something together here. And I think they've they've got enough to make a deep run, and I don't think they're done adding. So Craig Kimbrell to the north side, it's uh, what just about everybody wanted if you're part of Cub Nation, and Theo went out and got it done again. All right, that's episode number 28 of the Powell at the Park podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I am Kevin Powell. Follow me on Twitter at kpowell720. Instagram, Kevin Powell 720 wgn Thank you very much. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, WGNRadio.com, anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, dial in Powell at the Park. Thank you and have a great day.